Welcome to The Vinyl Preacher, your weekly podcast where we talk about the Bible and make a playlist. I'm Matt Gale, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church, campus ministry, and soon-to-be preschool here in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Jake Paris. I'm the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado, Boulder. This is, uh, this is strange. This is the first time we've been recording in like three weeks because we got ahead a little bit. This is the stained version episode of the podcast, the official... It's been a while. Been a while. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a while. It's been a while. We've been traveling to opposite sides of the country. We have. Matt, you get to check off uh, new destinations on your National Parks passport? Uh, I, new destination. I did not get the passport stamped. Son of because a... Because... You gotta go back? It's like, apparently, number one, uh, it's like preseason up there. Like, the real season doesn't start till July. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, half of their stuff has, like, limited hours. And then we missed the visitor How do you have limited hours out. at a national park? Well, limited hours for the stamp. For the like, stamp. Okay, bigger. gotcha. Got the important stuff. You know, stuff. like, yeah. that's the thing. Like, I saw the park... <laughs> It's the stamp. Well, so there's two things, actually. You so saw one the, is the majesty limited, of God's creation, but he didn't get the stamp. Limited. Didn't get I the know. paperwork. I was really pissed at the end. <laughs> uh, I want to go through that gift shop, you know? I mean, I was like, man, where's my... Uh, but, yeah, so we missed we missed the limited hours. Um, but, good news. So we went to Lassen Volcanic National Park. Uh, Ted Lassen National Volcanic Ted Lasso. Okay. It's a really optimistic park. Uh, just really, really cheery. Good at bringing people together. Um, Baked goods. The most famous hike in this park is called Bump Ass Hell, which is a ridiculous name, but it's actually named for a guy uh, whose name was something something Bump Ass, uh, and he fell into a scalding hot mud pot, burned his leg, uh, had to get it amputated. <laughs> this was back in the 1800s, so they named the trail after him. That's a nice oh, consolation prize. That is a consolation prize. Um, and this is like when you look up like this park like a picture of this trail is what comes up like this is like like half dome in yosemite this is what it is this this particular trail because it's got all these like volcanic stuff in one place and so we planned this trip and then like the week before the trip the trail is closed uh i looked it up and they're like trails closed because they still have snow usually they don't usually open this trail until like july Mm -hmm. (laughs) like great so i really planned this well this is good uh, but we lucked out because there was a heat wave, which is terrible for all kinds of reasons, but was great for opening up this trail for us. So um, so I did not plan on doing this trail. Uh, so I did a bunch of other little trails earlier in the day with my two four-year-olds, thinking this trail would be closed. And then we got to the where this trail was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, which is when my kids should be taking a nap. And it was open. And I said, Chris, we got to do it. It was like a three-mile round-trip hike. Uh, down into a valley and back up. <laughs> and, uh, and we did it. <laughs> Fantastic. Did it. Yep, yep. His dad insisted we got to do this thing. Uh, this is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Other once-in-a-lifetime experience we did was we went to see ancient trees, Zach, the oldest mm. trees in the world in the ancient bristlecone pine forest, which turned out to be much farther away from the highway than we had anticipated. Uh... And I thought it was amazing. Uh, and I did, unfortunately, though, let slip. No, this is so great because this is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Uh, and my vinyl spouse said, that's right. It's once in a lifetime. <laughs> and so now that's, uh, that's a badge of honor. So. I do, anyway, I got to see the oldest trees in the world and volcanoes. I do love the bristlecone pines, man. They're, <laughs> older, than the, they're older than the pyramids. 
uh, I'm sure I've told the story here on the podcast uh, a few summers back when I was reading uh, the book about trees during the summer. Uh, mm-hmm. I learned that a grad student, an overzealous grad student, cut down the oldest tree in the world uh, and what has continued to be the oldest tree we've ever found because the, their equipment broke and they couldn't get a core sample, so they just cut it down to count the rings. Uh, and I think that is just the most beautiful like image of what... Um, you know, of what uh, humanity is about. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Nobody cares more about Indeed. the trees than those grad students who ruined the trees. <laughs> who ruined them. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's pretty incredible. I mean, they're all, like, gnarly and stuff. Like, they look really cool. Uh, but they also, like, can only grow in that one spot, right? Like, if I plant, tried to plant it in, this, like, this greenhouse garden, like, it just it wouldn't work. They got to be up in this really arid space. It's really fascinating. Uh, it's also nuts that California has these oldest trees, the largest trees, the tallest trees. Live in a cool state, Zach. You do live in a cool state, Matt. And uh, according to the pictures that have been sent, uh, you crossed over not only into these exciting uh, places of natural wonder and beauty, Matt, but you crossed uh, you crossed over the threshold into a brand new place uh, filled with jet boil camp stoves. <laughs> I would like to hear your review. Of the, how was your jet boil experience? Well, we we borrowed this uh, jet boil thing <laughs> from uh, from Chris's aunt and uncle, and uh, it was fine. So it was <laughs> we used it to make coffee, and because uh, it had this little French press thing in it. I don't usually do French press, but it had this little French press thing in it. And then uh, we boiled water for oatmeal. I don't know if it's superior. I, I guess I'm like. Usually I make coffee with the percolator on the camp stove. Mm-hmm. I still feel like that's better, but do I don't know. Do you cowboy coffee that way? Do or I do what? You, do, you, do, you, do you filter your percolated coffee? No. Should I do that? I mean, so you drink it with the grounds, like in the... I don't. I mean, the grounds don't usually... Come, like, there's like a little... There's like a little container. Okay. Like, it's not like it's... You don't just it? put them in, yeah. like, loose into the... No, it's got like gotcha. a little gotcha. thing that you boil I, I around. believe the term is cowboy coffee if you just like have like the pot and you put mm. the coffee in, or not the pot, but like the kind of the kettle situation is water and yeah. grounds and you just deal with the grounds. Um, gotcha. But I mean, the, the, the promise of the jet boil is how quickly it boils water, uh, relatively speaking, in terms of yeah. camp stoveness. Yeah, it is really cool. Um, yeah, uh, our cousin said that uh, it got him through Burning Man because he just used the little jet boil all week. So there you go. I imagine it'd be super useful if you were backpacking, right? Like, I would imagine you do that kind of thing. You just, it's much smaller than a camp stove. Much smaller. Uh, easy pour compared to, like, a pot, you know? I like it. I, uh, I used a, our jet boil recently, Matt, because I... I was in North Carolina, I got wrapped up in Southwest uh, flight delays, and then I got back and immediately had to run up into the mountains for a wedding for an alum, which is one of the best parts of my job, Matt. So I get to, um, I get to watch these people grow up who I knew for really uh, intensely and intimately for a short period of time during a formative part of their lives. And uh, they uh, occasionally ask me to be a part of important events later on in life. So I got to do a wedding up in the mountains uh, for, um, for, for Melanie, which was fantastic. And Melanie is uh, an ardent disciple of Priya Parker and the Art of Gathering. Uh, 
<laughs> and so her wedding, which had been delayed because of the, the of the pandemic, was very Priya Parker inspired. It was an entire weekend. She rented out. They rented out this summer camp. This formerly was summer camp, right? So like, and you, we went up on Friday and stayed through Sunday and there were camp activities. There's a campfire one night and all these other things going on. And so we stayed in the cabin uh, and wow. we could walk all the way down to the dining hall to get coffee, but we brought our, I brought my setup so that we could make it at our cabin. I was able to jet boil it. Uh, it was lovely and a lot of fun. And, and Melanie and Todd, uh, one of the things that they really enjoy is swing dancing. They went to a swing dancing camp in Sweden once. So the dancing at the reception was, uh, was pretty spectacular. And my daughter was <laughs> super into it. And so that was fun. I, I was excited. I preached, Matt, uh, a little wedding sermon. And I did a new thing because, you know, full disclosure, I've got a bunch of wedding. I don't have a bunch of wedding sermons. I've got a couple wedding sermons. I've got several, you know, funeral sermons, more or less, you know, the arcs, the beats that, you know, and mm-hmm. yep. you, you just accumulate those. Uh, but I want a new th- way because I, uh, I have I bought a copy of John Green's new uh, collection of essays the anthropocene reviewed and Mm -hmm. might i commend to you matt to our listeners his essay on the bonneville salt flats and he quoted (laughs) in which you know natural wonder wander still working on coming back out of the accent um he quoted uh donald hall who was writing uh about his wife after she died uh and i built the sermon around this quote and i love it matt uh you ready We did not spend our days gazing into each other's eyes. We did that gazing when we made love or when one of us was in trouble. But most of the time, our gazes met and entwined as they looked at a third thing. Third things are essential to marriages. Objects or practices or habits or arts or institutions or games or human beings that provide a site of joint rapture or contentment. there you go. I built the sermon around it, and it works. Like I love, I love the quote, right? Because you get to de-romanticize a wedding, which is kind of like ends up being your job a lot. Um, that's right. That's your. That's really the role of the, the preacher at a wedding. Just bring the acid drop and boom. Be the downer. Be the downer. That sounds like a good angle, though. That's it, good. I thought it was right. Oh, gosh, I did a good turn too that I was excited about. Um, So I talked about how important, like, that we're celebrating and honoring the marriage. Because it was one of those things. Another thing that's tricky about weddings is, um, so Melanie has this experience with me and with campus ministry and the church. um, And uh, her husband, not very churchy. and, And so how do you navigate, like, we don't really want a super churchy wedding, but this is also important to us and all that kind of stuff. So... What I did, Matt, uh, is I talked about how we're honoring, like I'm here in my official capacity, uh, not just because I, I love both of you, but because um, we, I, we, the tradition that I represent, thinks that uh, the act of you gazing upon the world is important uh, and that you gazing upon that third thing um, is really important. And that the mystery of marriage is that not just that you need a third thing, but that when you gaze upon it together, uh, it might be for the benefit and life of that third thing. So that's why I'm here, and th- which is pretty good, pretty good, right, Matt? Pretty good. But here comes the twist. Uh, and I said, we know that because for, for, for a long time, uh, each of you have been the third thing for many of us. Boom! Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. I was excited about that. 
Well done, sir. Well oh, done. Thank you. Thank you, Anne. And now you've got another wedding sermon. You've got, got another wedding sermon that I can just... <laughs> it works. It's great. It's great. <laughs> Oh, man. Other than that, though, uh, you know, I had a flight canceled. That's bad news. But I got some good news and bad news here, Matt. First, the good news. The good news is um, I almost read a thread on Facebook about communion practices and whether there are circumstances in which you can deny someone communion practices. But then I realized that I was and I stopped. So I didn't fully read it. So that was good news. don't even. So are we? Are we going to go there? Is that what we're going to do? Do we? I put a thing do we have on a whole Facebook podcast t- about this. I put a thing on Facebook today because, like, I know I saw it's fully in response to that. It's just like it doesn't matter. Like, not only it, I'd like to say it doesn't matter. Hey, but it's worse. Have than you ever it thought about matter. this? Have you ever thought about this? It's not your table. It's Jesus' table. Have you ever? Th- have you ever thought about that? I mean, I, yeah. There's so many like interesting things you could talk about that are not what gets deduced. Like. And, you know, like, I, I feel like there's there should be room in the conversation to be like, what day to day? I feel so far detached from the tradition of the Roman Catholic Church, like that it borders on like why they definitely don't care what I think. Um, and they're approaching the zone of like, who am I to like talk about their tradition? Because it's we're in different multiverses, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and for Lutherans like us, Matt, like it's all make believe because like the ELCA would never do this, <laughs> like so. Why would we? Why like? Yeah. yeah <laughs> and again, Matt, it's worse than it doesn't matter. Like talking on on Facebook in particular. Twitter, whatever your preferred form of social media is, uh, about things that matter to you. Um, the way that machine works is it destroys things. Uh, it, you're not gonna, like it's not going to be a productive thing, no matter how right, true, honest, uh, and beautiful the words are. Yeah. 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 You got. We got like three different conversations here about the role of social media. About communion, <laughs> about the Catholic Church, which we neither one of us are a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's a lot going on. But I think if you could just post that it's not your table, it's Jesus' table, I feel like you've really made a difference <laughs> in the world. Also, they haven't actually so. done it either. Like, they've, they've no. voted to form a committee is what they've decided to do. I um, mean, there's, like, some fascinating, like, church intrigue that you could sure. read, it, but, like, usually that takes the form of a long-form essay and that is very easily dispensed through a yeah. Instagram post. Nearly everything that the Southern Baptist Convention does, I disagree with. Um, and they're not going to care. Uh, and I'm not sure. Oh, anyway, Matt, let's get to the bad news. The bad news is that I updated my iOS. Uh, have you had this problem? Because this has ruined my life, Matt. What did you do? I updated iOS in the new so Apple what? Podcasts app. I don't know, whatever the new one is. Oh, your iOS, not the... Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I've done that. Have I done that? Don't, is my unless you're prepared to migrate your podcast listening experience, because <laughs> I can't... I, I, like, it just doesn't work at all. Like, it it works really slowly if it does work. It, I can't get to my downloaded... Like, so I was driving through the mountains, Matt, which is... 
prime podcast time because you mm. can't get radio reception, you can't get sure. cell reception, like your downloaded podcast or what you listen to. And it, hours, it wouldn't open. Like it just wouldn't do it. <laughs> so I've had to spend most of the past week trying to remember because I can't even go look at the old shows that I was subscribed to and migrate all my stuff. I'm migrating to Stitcher right now. I've used Radio Public in the past, but I can't even find like all the shows, like not even yeah. super niche shows. Like, so. I'm becoming a Stitcher person. I'm not excited about it. I wasn't excited about using Apple. <laughs> but if we want to talk about things that are actually affecting my life, yeah, the yeah. Apple Podcast app is trash.com. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be... Yeah, wow. Good to, good to know. Good not news, good. bad news. Pandemic podcast updates, Matt. The University of Colorado Boulder has announced that this fall... The football stadium will be at 100% capacity. Wow, yeah. I can guarantee you there won't be that many people there <laughs> due to the product on the field. But <laughs> Is it going to be like, just a reminder, you can still go. 100% capacity. <laughs> we got seats. You can sit in these if you want to. Yeah, yeah. I imagine USC will. I think California has, uh, I mean, the governor declared everything over, I think, you know, so I think we're good. The numbers continue to look great, you know, as much as I'd like to be cynical, but. Oh, what, what a time. Do you know what kind of time it is, Matt? (laughs) I've got, uh oh. Oh. It's time. Somebody's calling. I'm pretty sure. For my phone to ring. I'm pretty sure that's Uncle Sam calling, Matt, because we've got 4th of July Sunday. Have you got your fireworks ready to go, Matt? Pyrotechnics, you're opening the church back up, and we're going to do it with fireworks. Yeah, no, I don't uh, have fireworks ready to go. We are going to try an in-person outdoor worship service that day, uh, which I'm not super excited about. But It's church on 4th what... of July, kind of like Colorado's football stadium. 100% capacity, guys. You can <laughs> come if you want. Well, <laughs> that was part of it. People were like, well, I don't know. That's a good weekend. It's a holiday weekend. I was like, yeah, but then we don't have any people. Like, that could play in our favor if we're experimenting. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's fine. I don't, I don't care. It's fine. <sighs> yeah, so we're going to get our American flags out, and uh, we're going to... Be great. Your hymns are great. your hymn choices are already selected. I mean, we've done a battle hymn of the Republic in mm-hmm. the past. It's pretty good. It's a good one. America the Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, you, there actually USA. are good ones you could lean into, like uh, 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 Woody Guthrie stuff. You know, this land is your land. Always is. Uh, you know, yeah. it's a perfect sneaky subversive Fourth of July song for church. Yeah, it is. It is a good one. So, so, yeah, I don't know how. My recommendation yeah. for your postal loop, oh, Canada, because that really messes with people. It's in the book. It's in the ELW. I know. And it's a hell of an anthem. Hell of an anthem. It's a way better song. <laughs> way better song. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Easier to sing Maybe for we'll do uh, Lift Every Voice and Sing. That'd be a fun. Yeah, there you go. You know. Yeah, we really did uh, Juneteenth this year. I, probably next year it falls on Sunday. I don't know. But yeah, we though, talked about you guys preparing deal. to do it, but we but it, yeah, you did. Well, it. then that week, like mm-hmm. in between when we recorded, it became a federal holiday. I mean, yeah. man, we've really moved forward. So <laughs> final preacher bump, alive and well. Final preacher bump. 
Incredible. So, yeah, so 4th of July. Uh, also known as Lectionary 14. Lectionary 14. What do we got? A reading from 2 Samuel? I mean, speaking about the gathering of political power, we've got a revolution going on here, man. We do. We do. Uh, so here we go. We're, we're moving through this uh, David royal narrative. All, I think we're about to have a new king. I think that's what's happening. I don't even remember. Where do we leave off? Was Saul and Jonathan? Was that like a... Uh, Saul a Jonathan, I believe. Yeah. Okay, so we had our lament mm-hmm. for the old king. And now we're going to inaugurate the new king, uh, which looks like this. All the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron. Hebron. Hebron? Hebron. Let's go with Hebron. Well, I've been the, there, Matt. So Not the little pronunciation guide, the pronunciation guide in the lectionary book says Hebron. Huh. Well, again, I've been there, Matt. It's called Hebron. Let's call up Bishop Kevin Strickland. Let's <laughs> see. Uh, look. We should get the bishop we... of, the, uh, of the Lutheran Church in the Holy Land in Jordan on speed dial. That'd be a good guest. He could solve some of this stuff for us. That's probably true. That's true. I don't know who it is anymore. It's not. What's his name? We, we probably could get the bishop elect in ours in, in my city. That'd be fun. You got to do bishop. That happened in the, in the uh, interim as well. Did it happen in the interim? Really? Didn't it? I oh, it I did. don't know. Maybe. I think I, I We do. I saw it in North Carolina. We uh, have a new bishop-elect here in our synod, uh, the bishop-elect Brenda Boss, uh, who has a background in TV production. She worked on Golden Girls, so that's pretty Dang, great. That is pretty she great. Started, she started podcasting in our synod. We have a podcast platform for synod staff. So she's into podcasting. We should get her on to talk about If something. only we had a booker. Who could just write it down every time we say, we should really have this person in the podcast. And they could do something crazy, like, I don't know, write a short email to the person. Let's, let's, let's write a proposal for a grant to hire an intern. That's, I would be just have an intern more likely to write that. a grant proposal to fund an intern to write emails to potential podcast guests than I would be to write a single short email to a potential podcast guest. Well, uh, this is how the tribes of Israel... Uh, they open their email to David like this. Look, we are your bone and flesh. Mm. For some time, while Saul was king over us, it was you who led out Israel and brought it in. You must, you've, been, you've been king for a while and, and practice, David. <laughs> the Lord said to you, it is you who shall be shepherd of my people Israel. You who shall be ruler over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron. So like LeBron? Is that what? I think so, yeah. And King, it's like Space Jam. Oh, we should talk about that. Then King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord. And they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned for 40 years. It's a long time. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they Especially recognized. Especially back then. That's like... Yeah. Several I, I wonder if they did, like, at their Senate Assembly, and they'd had, like, recognition of anniversaries, if they recognized his 40-year anniversary. <laughs> They're like, you got to wait for 50 days. But he's like, life expectancy is 35. <laughs> All I'm saying is I wanted my 10-year recognition. I didn't oh, get it. it didn't happen. They, did, they started at 25. I was like, are you serious? We used to do 5, 10, 15, 20. No. For the year I turned 10, they started at 25. Cool. And, he, and how hard would it be? How hard would it be, Zach, to add another slide? Is it that hard to add a slide? Oh, we did cut for time. Was that going to take five seconds? Like, come on. I'd like, 
<laughs> so okay. at least, you know, I'm, I'm always excited when we start to move out of Senate Assembly season uh, because I'm a little <laughs> less ranty. But the least compelling argument about Senate Assembly I've ever heard is we needed, we didn't have the time. When we just throw time on the ground all over the place watching TV commercials from from these partners or whatever that... It's true. There's time everywhere. Uh, it's true. Especially to recognize my 10th anniversary. The Lord, where are we? Let's see. He reigned 40 <laughs> years. At Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven... You're going to have to figure out how to pronounce that word, preacher, because it shows up in here several times. It's not just once. Call Kevin he Sickle. reigned over Judah you seven can find years. You number in the episode description. <laughs> Maybe you should just post it on Facebook because usually we get some people responding. Some of our biblical scholar friends from seminary. Damn. They could probably tell us. Oh, yeah. I thought you said, I thought you meant I should post Kevin's number on Facebook. No, probably not. Oh, okay. <laughs> email, uh, email Dr. Klein out of the blue. See if he, see if he can. <laughs> I still really would like, we're getting, there's some angry listeners right now. Um, OT-studies.com still down and I would, I would like... Oh, that's that brutal. resource to come back at somehow. Maybe we could sponsor it at the Final Preacher. Can we host it? Yeah, I mean, we haven't been able to get sponsors. Maybe we could start sponsoring things. <laughs> oh, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months, and at Jerusalem he reigned over all Israel and Judah 33 years. So we could talk about that. David occupied the stronghold, and he named it modestly, the city of David. <laughs> David built the city all around from the millow inward. And David became greater and greater for the Lord, the God of hosts, was with him. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. So we got a new king. I, To be honest, man, I expected a little more. Okay. <laughs> we had a lot of verses repeatedly about how beautiful David was. Uh, and so I expected, um, I mean, clearly we've done this probably three times now, but I forgot about how the story goes. Uh, I probably forgot because it's pretty unremarkable. I expected like a whole episode of the crown, like the crown coronation one, you know, like where like mm. this is a big de deal. And we've got like, you can't look inside the box where the, like we've got to turn the TV, the cameras off. So nobody can see the special moment when the coronation happens. Like you get so much... We're in Second Samuel. There are two books, right? Like, you would expect that for David, he would just go on and on about, like, descriptions of the, of the, the, the chair that he sat in and the shoes he was wearing and how beautiful he remained and, like, very austere description of a, a coronation. Yeah, it is really strange. I mean, there's two whole verses devoted to the numbers of how long he reigned. So... Apparently that's important. And they really like, I mean, it's an interesting, because I, I do, I expect what, exactly what you described. And instead we get, it's almost like he's called through the tribe, like the tribes of Israel. It, it's all this, the tribes of Israel speaking with him and, and what they're doing and how the Lord is working through these uh, tribes and elders. And I don't know, it's interesting. It's like when you're called to a church and there's a call committee and these people are gonna, these people have to call you. It can't just be like a word from the Lord that you hear. Here's like the tribes. Like it starts there, but why are the emphasis? It's like one versus one to three. This whole first third of this reading is about uh, what they're doing, uh, what they're saying. Even not even a description of the actions, which you would think for a coronation, but it's uh, it's them acknowledging what the Lord has already done. 
I mean, so there might be actually you could make some hay out of how austere this this version of the coronation is because what you're doing here uh, subtly in, in a pretty short story here is contrasting what the reign of David is going to look like compared to the reign of Saul. Mm. Um, and uh, we've got the sheep here. David is going to be a shepherd, right? Look, we are, you, we are your bone and flesh. We are the same. And then they say pointedly, Saul was king over us. Uh, and while, king, while, while Saul was lording power over us, you let us out like a shepherd. You were one of us. And uh, it's you who will be the shepherd of my people. Shepherd versus king as a, as a distinction. The distinction, uh, I think it was in, um, I forgot what resource, uh, I read that, that drew the distinction in saying that the king, um, that it's not a democracy or anything here, uh, but that the shepherd would be concerned about all the sheep, whereas the king would be concerned about the sheep that helped them to, to keep and to gather power. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. And it's it's interesting how the the text will continue to like So David's not gonna be a perfect king, spoiler alert. What? Spoiler alert. Which dang. I should have said before I revealed that, but Double instead dang. I reversed it. Uh reversed it. Yeah, he's not gonna be perfect, but the text like continues to like reiterate, nope, this is what's important. We're gonna try again. We're gonna start this covenant over again. Here we go. Let's do the covenant again. And then we're going to go make mistakes. Okay, back to the covenant. Let's go. Uh, it's this continual, like, renewal. Some of my favorite bits, Matt, uh, on the podcast are uh, is the bit called Let's Talk About the Sheep. Uh, and I recently learned a lot more about sheep. Uh, Jeremy Clarkson, formerly of Top Gear on the BBC, who's not necessarily the most awesomest person in the world, can be entertaining on television, has a new show on Amazon Prime called Clarkson's Farm. Uh, he bought this farm in 2008. He's paid someone else to, to farm it for a long time now. And in this show, he decides he's going to farm it himself. Uh, and so you get to watch him make terrible mistakes uh, and how difficult farming is. And uh, it's pretty good. It really is pretty good. And episode two is good preacher i commit it to you uh it might help you better understand all of these sheep metaphors because episode two is just about sheep uh and sheep it turns out are terrible and dumb and really difficult he gets a drone that barks instead of buying like a sheep dog uh and it works one day and then the next day they completely disregard it and he's got this beautiful he's out in the cotswold cotswolds cotswolds uh beautiful ancient stone like fences around the pastures and stuff and they just like jump over them and like tear them apart and like get through um it's and then they're sickly they're really sickly it turns out you know he's got sheep with this like foot infection and he has to k kill some of them because they like have uh what is it mass mastitis 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 they're not gonna be able to breed you know or like keep their baby sheeps lambs baby sheeps lambs alive uh so pretty entertaining take on sheep i learned a lot more about sheep uh, <laughs> really interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. Another good episode of uh, Sheep. Let's talk about the sheep. Let's talk about sheep. <laughs> Is a bummer in the semi-continuous narrative version of the lectionary. You don't get much in the way. There's not really story here. This is like a news and notes in the newspaper uh, in the uh, in brief section. Yeah, yeah. But there you go. It is a turning point uh, in the story. David is king. David Finally. is king. After all these years. Maybe he's maybe he was more attractive like when he was younger, but now he's 30. He's pretty old. So they're not going to talk about that as much. I don't know. King James interprets uh, Milo Milo as landfill. 
<laughs> what? So there you go. <laughs> it's got a capital M. I don't, there's not even a pronunciation help there. Like, you got to go straight to, to K-Strict. Oh, my gosh. I guess so. I guess. So, should we move to the gospel? Well, Matt, if you were starved for a story, the gospel's got two of them in a pretty short reading here. Uh, Jesus, fresh off of uh, some healings, came to his hometown, and his many disciples, no, his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. And they said, where did this man get all of this? Which I had never really noticed before, and I like that, that question. Uh, what is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary? Hey, uh, just to highlight here, um, describing your identity by listing your mother and not your father is uh, kind of uh, pointed back to like, uh, it's an insult in the ancient Near East, uh, especially when your mother was not married uh, when she gave birth to you, um, lifting up the uh, mysterious questionability of Jesus' uh, parentage. So, insults. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, brother of James and Joseph? 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 One of the Jonas brothers? And Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense. Uh, They were scandalized by him. Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor, except in their hometown and among their own kin and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there, except that he laid hands on a few sick people and cured them. But they were amazed. He was amazed at their unbelief. And so he then, then he went about among the villages teaching. And while he was doing that, he called the twelve, and he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals, and not to put on two tunics. Just one tunic, please, ma'am. But please one. He said to them, Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. And if any place will welcome you, will not welcome you, and they refuse to hear you as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. And so they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed many with oil who were sick. And they cured them. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. They were offended. Uh, they took offense is uh, in Greek, right? Is that a scandal on? It's, uh, they were scandalized, right? And that mm. is a Girardian trigger word. Um, what? Girardian triggers. Uh, so your Girardian spidey sense should be tingling. And I think it is important here. So I'll talk about it, man. Um, uh, you know, the people in his hometown are upset. Because Jesus should look like them. They know who he is. They should, we should be the same, right? Um, and Jesus does not fit their expectations here. He does not, uh, he's not occupying his assigned role, uh, which is uh, confusing to them and confusion that Gerard would say would lead to violence. Um, and I think the way I would say it, right, is that they're confused and upset because when they look into this mirror, they don't see themselves in it. Instead, right, like, it, they don't know who they are anymore because they don't know who Jesus is anymore. Um, and so that is going to uproot 
that puts everything like at risk you know i mean it's it's not too far away from perhaps a modern uh allegory of uh of uh people being afraid of change right of, of small change um is that it's not about that change it's not just that jesus is smart and can teach and seems to know things he shouldn't know uh it's that if that's if he's not who he should be then how do i know i'm who i should be i am you know i don't know who i am anymore and that's really disappointing i think and that's the sad news that can lead to the good news is that is that if jesus is the mirror to the people in his hometown they fail to see themselves in what what in that and with what they see when they look into the mirror. But the, the good news is that you're in there. You're a part of this good news, this life, this healing that's breaking all expectations and stuff, but they can't see themselves as a part of it. Um, and it is their like, rejection, that violence, Gerard would say, um, that prevents them from participating in it. Because even Jesus, when there is such division and brokenness, can't perform miracles. The, the compare and contrast here is to go back to the last story before this, which is um, the hemorrhaging woman uh, who touches Jesus in this crowd. And you have this whole crowd of humanity that really kind of almost literally swallows Jesus up and accepts him and they become one. Um, and th in, that, in that place, the power of Jesus is really unleashed and he heals and does all these miraculous things and the official sons and stuff. In a place where you can't, where there's such clear division the power of God is undercut uh, in ways that matter and, and don't bring about life. Mm. Yeah. Fascinating. I've got, uh, I'm hearing Falcon and the Winter Soldier vibes in that. Oh my mm. goodness. Where, where Bucky is like, if Steve was wrong about this, then maybe he was wrong about me. What? What? Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Uh, also, little Raya and the and the Last Dragon mm, stuff in one. there. The people are divided, mm -hmm. you know, and it's the division that leads to the Druun taking over. Just yeah. some pop culture references for Just you. Just division for uh, the sake of division, Raya. Great. Clearly, clearly, I've been watching a lot of Disney Plus. Uh, I'm really. I mean, I know that this is not. Uh, this isn't a complimentary Old Testament reading, but I'm I'm kind of fascinated by the parallels in here, right? Where like the tribes uh, making a covenant with the leader is really important in that first mm -hmm. reading, and here they're unwilling to make that same kind of uh, have that same kind of faith in the in the leader, and that like you could do no deed of power there. Like there's an interesting like the people's relationship to the leader. Uh, and what that means for, for deed of power. And I think this deeds of power, I'm kind of curious. I want to do, I almost want to do like a word study on that and see, yeah. see where that plays out. I think, um, yeah, yeah. It'd be, it'd be super interesting. It's and a and singular I think it word that's like rooted in dynamo. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. right. So clearly talking about Houston, uh, the, the Houston football team. There mm -hmm. you go. Um, but I, yeah, like, and, and how that how that works. I mean, I think it ties into what you're saying as well, like to be able to see yourself in this, um, that the work that God is doing in the world includes you. And when you're not a part of it, there is something, there's something missing in that, you know, God, God is still the initiator. Jesus is still the initiator in here, but like, like we're pulled into that work. And when we refuse to be pulled into that work, there's, there's something missing. Like the deed of power is not, uh, not quite there in the same way. I don't know. There's something interesting going on with what deed of power is and what Jesus is really up to. Um, 
In terms of a good news statement, Matt, I think I'm going to go with um, with the idea that if you don't see yourself in the work of God, if you don't see yourself as a part of um, as a part of and and as a part of these deeds of power, then it's your lack of imagination much more than it is um, the failings of God. Um, that it's not that God is not working deeds of power uh, in you that involve you, that include you, but it is our um, failure of imagination. I know that's kind of a negative thing to turn into a positive good news statement, but that's what I do. Amen. Because <laughs> <laughs> there, there, were, there are other options, right? And there are other options that happen throughout the history of, of, of Israel and Judah in the, the first reading. Uh, when there are transitions of power, um, <laughs> you know, if you wanted to preach about the School of the Americas uh, <laughs> this week, um, there's a reason, right, that, that, that powerful countries like the United States um, preferred stable dictatorships over uh, undependable election, like democracy, you know? Uh, it's because when there are transitions of power, you don't know what's going to happen, and it may not, it's definitely not guaranteed to be good. Uh, and it'd be really easy, the much easier thing, and the thing that happened way more often in the history of Israel and Judah, is uh, is division and, uh, and the tribes fighting amongst themselves and the inability to bring all 12 tribes along together. Um, and Rightly, we're now entering into this period of the history of Israel that's celebrated for, and it's it's on this on the back of this unity and seeing each other, one another in each other. Yeah, I, I yeah, probably would yeah, use yeah. the word unity. But. There's, the, I mean, the other thing I find really, and maybe you touched on this uh, a bit, but the um. The other interesting parallel here is that, like, the, the first reading in, in Samuel, the people are anointing David. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here, Jesus almost anoints his followers. Like, it's almost yeah. this reversal where he then sends them out. Um, and I, I just uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting shift. It's an interesting twist mm-hmm. on what's happening here. Um, and then finally, like, this word anointing, the fact that David gets anointed, then I might do, like, a word set of anointing, which would be cool if I'd done that before the podcast instead of just suggesting it as something <laughs> that you should do, uh, dear listener. But David gets anointed king. Maybe you know this already, Zach, because you uh, do a lot more research than I do. But David gets anointed king, and then they got to anoint with oil those who are sick and cured them. So when does anointing take on this role of the thing you do with not just, mm-hmm. like, a new ruler but with the sick? Oh, yeah, that's a great question, Matt. Um, that <laughs> Maybe someone will write in and, uh, of our millions of listeners. Yes, they'll write us. a physical letter and mail it to the home office, and, and we'll open it up, and it'll have, uh, you yeah. know, all the things are needed. All the answers. Uh, let's see here, Matt. I'm pulling it on. Are you going to look it up right up? now? I'm looking it up. <laughs> Where's that, verse 13? Well, you're um, like a looking things up machine. How are you doing this? Yep, it's called the intranet. Um, oil, oil. Nothing really interesting. This is the only usage of oil in uh, Mark's gospel. Um, really? Yeah. That's fascinating. Um, and 
here's your fun fact, Matt. We're going to find out what it is. Mark 16 is the only other usage of anointing in the Gospel of Mark. Oh, the vinyl child just came in and gave me a cookie. This is great. <laughs> Thank you, Zoma. You're welcome. Oh, yeah. Anything else you want to say to the people? Here you go, uh, Matt. 16, verse 1. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and mother Mary, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. Uh, wow. Speaking, of course, of... Uh, Jesus' dead body, presumably dead body, which is the other echoes of this story. This story echoes very heavily what's going to happen in Jerusalem. He's going to go to his hometown, right? Which is not technically Jerusalem, right? But to the home of of Judaism, of his people, of his tradition, and he's going to be rejected. Um, And in the face of that rejection, there will be anointing. Um, Yeah. Is that something? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, like, need to do a lot more research. But just reading these two passages together, we're going to just pull them completely out of context. <laughs> Maybe not fully out of context, because it fits the narrative of, of what God is up to. But this move from anointing kings to we anoint the sick and the dead. Uh, and even with uh, David anointing a child, like at the beginning, right? This, like, contrast, uh, I think is, uh, I don't know. Maybe there's something you can do with it. I mean, so if you push me here, Matt, we're getting deep into the podcast, but if you push me here, uh, my my guessing, my conjecturizing uh, over anointing would be um, in the ancient Near East, uh, probably in, in the Hebrew Bible and in, in the, the New Testament, time of Jesus, uh, people smelled real bad all the time. <laughs> Everything smelled really bad all the time, right? Like, um, because you didn't have plumbing or showers or anything, right? And so anointing is a way to make something special by rubbing oil and scents and fragrances so that you don't smell like shit, right? Um, And so they're certain, I mean, that's certainly built into anointing the the dead, right? (laughs) It's to like cover up the smell in one sense. But, But perhaps you could also see just the flipping of things, right? That the dead don't smell like the dead because they're not dead anymore. Um, if you want to make it a cross-shaped sort of thing. Yeah, that's super interesting. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, and you you can also contrast within the stories themselves, right, the first to the second, that the disciples are, um, they're going to be able to cure all these people as long as you let them into your house. Uh, And you, like, which is a, like... (laughs) Not like you have them over for dinner, right? Like there is something biblically, I think, much more vulnerable about letting someone into your house. Um, you know, like you're not going to get rid. Like there's a chance you can. You don't know this person, what they could do. Like you know, there's a military element, like a defensive element, to all like houses in the ancient Near East because they didn't have police and stuff, right? Like your house, we've talked about this before, had an interior courtyard to protect. Uh, you, your family, and your livestock from all the bad things that are out there and letting a stranger come and dwell inside of those walls is a vulnerable thing. And Jesus is saying when you do that um, there's going to be healing and new life and the power of God is released. Good stuff. There's a lot. There's a lot you could preach on. 
in these old texts. Plenty for you to preach we, to those massive crowds. Didn't even touch Fourth on the July, July Sunday. There's plenty of connections there, preacher. Plenty of connections. So uh, good luck finding them. What are you listening to? Matt, besides well, besides the Fourth of July playlist that I made you <laughs> years ago that's that right. you have held on to and not sure. lost uh, in a stolen car. I mean, it's very Bruce Springsteen heavy, I believe, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, it might have been stolen. I'll have to I'll have to check. Uh, I'm gonna for my Prince song, Matt. I feel like "Let's Go Crazy" is perfect for this. It's week. good. It's always it's, good. It's really good, right? Uh, and I did some research on it, Matt. You know, it's a song about like God and the devil. Did you do? You, do you know this stuff? No. Right? They're never going to take me down. Prince was literally talking about, like, the devil, and that God's like, no, let's go crazy. Like, let's be filled with joy and stuff, right? So you get this dichotomous sort of thing, and, oh, let's go crazy here. Uh, they, I feel like this is a very—I've contra- said contrast way too many times. If this was an essay, I edited it out. I'd do, like, Control-F and see how many times I used it. And I'd be like, that's too much. i got to find other words. Um, but it's very, like, this or that, uh, black or white. I mean— Either you're welcome into the house or you brush that dust off your shoulder. Uh, so, uh-oh, let's go crazy. Is uh, And that's what the people are thinking Jesus is doing. Uh, Jesus has gone crazy. Jesus is like, yeah, let's go crazy. Uh, so it's the opening song, evidently, to uh, not only the album, Purple Rain, but the movie, the film. Film. It's a film. Which we have not seen yet. Which we still not seen. It's going to be a bonus app for our Patreon subscribers. For our Patreon subscribers. Go to patreon.com slash Preacher. really has a Patreon site. Um, And you can join now. So that's what I'm doing with my prints. And then uh, two by two, Matt, uh, shout out to Friend of the Pod, uh, the Reverend Radham Burnt, uh, Dave Matthews Band, two-step, two by two, you know, I'm, I might start coming back around on Dave. It's fun, good time listening, especially in the summertime. Uh, and then uh, another heavily criticized band that I like, and I'm coming out of the closet and saying I'm not ashamed of, Matt, is Oasis. Um, I love Wonderwall. Uh, I like I liked the second album, too. But one of the most underrated album uh, tracks on that first album, Morning, What's the Story, Morning Glory, was Don't Look Back in Anger. Um, which is part of what Jesus is saying and Portugal the Man Portugal dot space the man just released a cover of it it's pretty good so I'm putting Portugal the Man's cover of uh, Oasis's Don't Look Back in Anger I heard you say Portugal the Man one of our favorites from uh, Coachella right 2018 (laughs) oh good stuff two Coachellas ago that's insane insane oh we haven't even talked about that oh so much so much oh. you know, whole summer thanks to debrief uh well i uh also on my travels uh we went to reno nevada which uh, apparently is becoming an annual annual thing for us uh and i happened to be up there on record store day Ooh. And i wanted to get this limited release u2 single uh and they did not have it but uh, i did go to the record store the local record store in Reno, Nevada, called Recycled Records of Reno. Uh, lots of people not wearing masks because they had lifted their requirements, which is my first experience of being in a place where I was like, oh, okay, this is different. All right, uh, interesting. It was like really crowded, so something else. Uh, but they didn't have the single I wanted, but I had to like go up to the counter to ask for it, and I didn't want to like, I felt like I needed to buy something, like just to support the record store, even if they didn't have that one thing mm-hmm. I wanted. I felt like I didn't like, 
just want to be like supported, right? Obviously. So, uh, so I got, I did get a Prince record. I got, got oh, Purple Rain. You got so Purple now I got my Rain. copy of Purple Rain. All right. Uh, I knew I wanted to get that one. Uh, so I did. Uh, I do have this. It's the 2015 Paisley Park remaster, overseen uh, by Prince. It's such an incredible album cover. Like just this ridiculous picture of him on a motor- purple motorcycle, uh, and then all these like roses along with. It's just incredible. Good stuff. Good stuff. So I got Purple Rain. I uh, got that. Uh, what else did I get? And then I'm walking because like I knew I had to purchase something. So I was looking for like a used T-shirt record that would be relatively inexpensive, and I I. Finally got my first REM Ooh. final record. What's it going to be? Oh, uh, good one. This one. It's a great cover, too. It's just mm-hmm. beautiful. It's you know. lovely. It's great. I love that album. Good. I right? had it on CD. Right? Good stuff. And then, uh, finally, they didn't have my... Um, my record store day release, but they did have another record store day release. This is uh, Genesis. <laughs> I've been that worth. <laughs> Featuring Phil Collins this on vocals. the wrong year. I had to get it. Uh, Tahina would be proud. Are you putting any individual songs or whole albums in the playlist this week? <laughs> Here's what I'm going to put on. Uh, so as I work my way through Prince's uh, chronological uh, career, uh, I'm moving into Around the World in a Day, which is his album after uh, Purple Rain. And he's like, again, just put out like an album a year at this point. Like, it's just incredible. Uh, and so Raspberry Beret, mm. uh, sometimes she doesn't wear much more just like don't put on those two tunics. Just be really... Yeah. What you're wearing as we're talking about clothing. Uh, I'm going to go with that. Uh, and then that's where you get the song, Paisley Park. Uh, and Prince will then go and build his own stronghold, uh, like David, uh, building the stronghold of, of his own kingdom. Uh, and Prince builds the kingdom of Paisley Park right there in Minneapolis. Uh, and it's shortly after this time, uh, in the years after this, that Prince basically fires the revolution. And he's no longer Prince of the Revolution. <laughs> Uh, and so there's a change, uh, a royal change uh, in his career as well, which is interesting. So, yeah. Anyway, that's what I got. And then one other song. Uh, <laughs> there was some news uh, two weeks ago that there was going to be a new single. This just pushed all... Sometimes there's news, you know, that pushes multiple of your buttons. Uh, and this was The Killers going to put out a new single featuring Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I was like, what? Brain exploding. And turns out it was a, a remake of uh, probably Chris's favorite killer song, which is a Dustland fairy tale. Uh, and it's got Springsteen of vocals. And we listened to it over and over again while driving the 395 in California. <laughs> it's so good. So go check out uh, Dustland by the Killers featuring Bruce Springsteen. I was hoping you had seen that, Matt, because it showed up in my... I wish Spotify would more prominently display new releases for you, because sometimes it, like, hides them. Sometimes it's not there, and, like, I've Mm -hmm. got to go to new releases. And that was on my new releases today, and I, you know, of course, Matt, thought of... thought of you. I thought of you. (laughs) Appreciate that. Appreciate it. Well, it's, uh... It's been real. It's been a while!